At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is InvestTalk, independent thinking, shared success. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. <clears throat> it is Friday, June 2nd, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today to help you become a better investor. It's simple as that. And I can do that by giving you some data and my perspective on questions you ask. Maybe help develop, you know, this to help develop a strategy that you're after, that you're willing to do that. And, of course, I can, I can do this because I have quite a few years of experience doing this. Well over, what, I, my first stock I bought when I was 21, so we're talking, you know, 40-plus, 45-plus years. And, of course, I'm going to blend any of your comments and questions into, uh, you know, that you, the listener, provides in the, into a good, cohesive understanding of how to analyze something, how to look at something, you know, trying to give you a better perspective and learn how to do it yourself. Now, of course, you set the table. You decide what we're going to talk about. You push the program, the podcast, where you want it to be. I'm just here to help and answer your questions. Uh, remember, here on Talk, we don't pre-screen live calls. We don't do that. We don't shape the show by understanding, you know, wanting certain things for, to be presented on our show. No, it's you. We're live. It's in real time. Okay, so you know we're gonna we're, we're committed to give you answers that will help you. So we don't have a hidden agenda, as I mentioned every day. I believe there's nothing that we're hiding from you. There's nothing we need to push. We don't do that. It's unbiased guidance with the goal of enabling you to move forward on a path to successful investing for you. Okay? So, to that end, both Justin and I encourage you to ignore your emotions, control them, focus on the task at hand, refrain, refrain from chasing headlines, chasing stocks. Avoid the temptation to allow greed or fear play a role in your decision-making. So the more you teach yourself to use best practices, the more you will eliminate counterproductive habits and the quicker you can achieve your financial freedom goal. <clears throat> so I'm wanting and, and we waiting for your questions. Your, your anything to do with finances, money, we'll talk about it. Okay, the Best Talk phone line is open, 888-99-CHART. It never closes, 888-992-4278. And my focus point today looks at the story behind, is it realistic to expect aggressive drop in inflation through the end of 2023? Now, Morningstar thinks it is. 
But I want to give you that perspective. You know, you've heard me say that I think we're going to deal with higher than expected inflation. I think we've seen the peak. I think it's coming off the peak, and it's going to continue to come off the peak. But I think it's going to be higher than our average. Our average in the United States for a long period is 3.3. I think it's going to be closer to 4, maybe 4.5, somewhere in that range. Morningstar doesn't feel that way. So we're going to talk about that later on the show. Time permitting, I also will talk about the jobs report that came out. I thought that was very interesting. also want to talk about Apple's yearly event, the Worldwide Developers Conference. What's going to come out? There's one big thing coming out for Apple, and we're going to talk about that. And uh, the dollar dominance is under attack. Our dollar, the dominance in the world, is under attack. And what do I mean by that? And why is it under attack? And I'm not just talking about competition with China. I'm not just talking about that, even though that's part of it. So those are the things we're going to talk about today if you don't have lots of questions. If you don't want to drive the show somewhere else, I'd be happy to go wherever it is. So um, voice bank questions, we have some of those. One, uh, one of them wants to talk about bonds, another prudential and financial. Uh, we'll get to that, I think. And it is Friday, and I will be sharing highlights from the newest KPP premium newsletter. That's coming up at the halfway point of the podcast. So we've got a pretty good uh, all a lot of plan for today. I think it will be a good show. But again, you drive it. You tell me where to go. And I'm going to take your live calls. So ready to do it right now. 888-99-CHART. The market had a really good day, primarily for two reasons. Jobs report and the debt bill passes. So the Dow was up 701 points. The Nasdaq up 140. And the S&P up 61. So it's a big move up today. Um, we're now into June, June 2nd. And we're moving into the worst part of the year historically, the middle part of the year uh, for the market. But try to remember, that doesn't mean it has to go down. It does not mean that. Okay? It just means that's the weaker part of the year. The best part of the year, the stronger part of the year for, you know, historically speaking, is the last quarter of the year and the first quarter of the year. Just, I'm just reiterating facts. It's just the way it is. But when I say, you know, with summer quarters coming up and therefore, you know, the market's going to go down, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the market is weaker at that time of the year than it is other times of the year. Now, why? Of course, it could go down. I'm not saying that. I do think we probably have weakness in the indexes during the summer, and they very well could go down. I can see that happening. Depends on what the Fed does, really. What direction are they going to go? So those are the things we're talking about, but I look forward to talking to you. So let's go ahead and first take our first uh, voicemail call right now. Hey, Justin and Steve. It's Robert from central Wisconsin, a longtime listener. appreciate what uh, you guys do for us. I, I got a question about AT&T. I was wondering what you thought of this stock. It's just a long-term hold income producing stock. It's uh, today down 5% on three times normal volume. It's trading at price uh, that it hasn't seen in almost 20 years, I believe. So uh, yeah, i just curious to see what you guys think of AT&T as a holding in your portfolio. Thanks, guys. Bye. 
Well, you hold it in your portfolio because of the dividend. Dividend now stands at 7.3%. It's not in, div- in danger of being cut or uh, anything else. The P, it's a $15 stock, $15.21, and it's, and it's going to make $2.41 this year and $2.45 next year. So you're looking at a PE that's, uh, you know, what, six? What's the range? What's, what's the range? Six to 11. So it's at the very low of its range. Return equity is still 15%. Cash flow is $5.00. Thirteen cents per share. It doesn't grow very much, but the last two quarters it grew one percent, and that's what you got. You got an AT and T stock that doesn't grow, but is very good at paying its dividend over the years, and I think it will continue to do so. You buy it for the dividend. That's it. Okay, don't it, you? I think it will go higher eventually. It will. I go into the low twenties. Um, I just don't know how long it's going to take. That's where it's fairly valued. You know the. Low twenty, mid twenty, low to mid twenties. That's where it should be. AT and T, the symbol is T. We're going to take a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on our Invest Talk Voice Bank, or if you're listening to via live stream or AM twelve twenty radio in the San Francisco Bay Area, you can call right now eight 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 ninety nine chart. When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, how do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap, because there's a lot of regulatory risk. And Steve Peasley. I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson Foods, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24 7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888 99 Chart. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers, so don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Kevin calling from Southern California. I have a question about bonds. If I was we're holding uh, some longer-term bonds, whether they be treasuries or corporate bonds. And when interest rates start going back down, how do you decide whether or not to, assuming that the bond value increases, how do you decide when to sell the bond? Like how much would it need to increase versus holding on to the bond to maturity and just collecting the coupon? Yeah, just trying to figure out when interest rates start falling, if it's uh, better to, to sell the bond and use that towards something else or or hold, keep keep a hold on to it. Look forward to hearing your advice on the show. Thank you, as always. Okay, that's a good question. Um, 
first of all, you probably have to ask yourself, well, why did you buy the bond? Did you buy it for the div- the yield that it pays, you know, four, five, six, seven, whatever it pays? Is that why you bought it? Or did you buy it with a thought that it's going to appreciate because interest rates will come back down eventually. Well, the Fed will lower rates eventually. Therefore, I'll have capital gains in the value of the bonds. So if you're, if you, if you're telling me that you bought it because you're looking for the capital gains for the bonds and you want to sell it um, you know, at their best price, and that's a, that's a much more difficult question to answer because who knows how low the bonds will go. Uh, part of our main focus point today is talking about where the interest rates are going to go by the Fed, and they feel that the interest rates are going to start rolling over downward by the end of the year. This is from Morningstar, this article. I think the Fed will start lowering them by the end of the year because inflation will be under much more control. Now, how low will they get? They are predicting that it will be in the, what, about the 3% range, okay, and that the... um, the inflation rate will be less than the target rate of two percent by the Fed. I'm not know if I'm I don't know if I'm that optimistic, but you would base that on where you think interest rates are going to go. What is their maximum fall? Are they, they're not likely to go back to zero. That's not likely. But will they go to three percent? That's very possible. At some point, they will easily. They can easily go there. Okay, and that may be when you would sell your bonds. But that's a harder question. It's much more difficult. You can use a chart of the bond price. And when it starts to flatten out, if interest rates start to go down, when it starts to flatten out, then maybe take your profits. You know, as the price goes up in value, as interest rates go down in value. All right, interest rates go down. Good question, though. Paul, San Francisco, wants to talk about short selling. Hi, Paul. Yes, I listen to KDOW. I'm up here in the Bay Area, and one of the analysts on the radio station says that short selling is a good thing to do, but I think it's much more risky than long buying. But uh, does anyone know, is it possible to know, is more money made short selling or a loss, loss or one or even? It's not even. Buying long has been traditionally the way to make money in the market, and it's much more reliable than short selling. For me, short selling is only a hedge uh, for everybody else. Short selling means you predict whatever you're whatever you're uh, investing in, you're you're selling short in. It's usually stocks. You think it's going to go down in value, and if you sell the stock short, if it does go down in value, you make money on the upside. That's short selling. Usually, people buy long, meaning they buy the stock and hope it goes up. It's called buying long, selling short or buying long. Buying long. Uh, Paul, uh, has been the traditional way most people make money because the market has an upside bias uh, over uh, 100 years. The bias of the stock market is to the upside. So selling short is much riskier than buying long. Plus, when you're buying long, you're betting that the company, you buy companies that grow and their sales and grow their profits. That's what you're looking for. And the odds of them going up is much stronger than the odds of a company that you think is going to go down will go down. It's just, it's just, so buying long is the best way to do it. Paul, appreciate the call. Good question. We are headed into a break. I welcome your financial investment questions. You can do it right now. No questions too simple or too complex. You set the agenda, everybody. So call Invest Talk 888 99 Chart. 
Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to take on your finance and investment questions. Call Investor 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278, my focus point today. Is it realistic to expect the aggressive drop in inflation through the end of 2023? And I'm referring to an article produced by uh, Morningstar, because that's what they think. Uh, they said that the headline is, we expect economic growth to weaken until the Fed pivots to rate cuts. They feel that the, the Fed is going to pause. And there is about a 70% chance of that, according to you know, a survey of a bunch of economists, that the Fed may pause. Remember, they meet here in June uh, again, and we'll see. The economic numbers out this morning indicated that maybe they won't pause because you know, there was 339,000 new jobs produced in May, and that was a much bigger number than they expected, even though the unemployment rate did go up. You remember, the Fed was in trying to slow the economy to slow inflation. They expect the economy to grow slow. They are expecting a soft landing. And as I said, it's very rare for the Fed to engineer a soft landing in our economy when they try to slow it down. Usually they overshoot, and it makes for a harder landing, not a soft landing. But maybe they'll get it right this time. I, you know, No one really knows. I don't really know. They think they will. They think inflation will come down because you know all the problems we have because of the COVID and the interruption of the supply chain, all that's going to be worked out and it has been worked out and will continue to work out. So they see inflation falling later in the year, this year, 2023. Uh, they expect it to be under the, not this year, but by next year, under the target rate of 2% that the Fed established. They expect the inflation to be dropped to 3.5% this year and average 1.8% in the years between 2024 and 27. 1.8% is what they're predicting. That is a pretty low rate. That's that's a rate that they think the Fed is going to achieve. Okay, they think the Fed's going to start lowering interest rates by the end of this year. Now, will that happen? I, I can see the Fed lowering rates by the end of the year. I can I can see that, uh, not by a lot. But what has to happen is the unemployment rate has to rise higher, economy's got to look worse, um, or inflation has to look worse. Because, you know, they, they're they going to keep putting the pressure on by raising rates until they get what they want, and that is the inflation to come down. But that remember, that only works if the economy slows down. Higher unemployment. Not as many jobs produced. The economy slows down, less pressure to be able to raise prices. Though they think the return of a normal supply chain will offset that, meaning that you know the economy, the 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 uh, uh, prices will come down because of that, as just as much as by slowing down the economy. They expect GDP to rebound to four to five percent in the third and uh, third quarter. Third, three to four percent. I mean, let's see. No, I think not higher than that. No, we expect we expect the cumulative four to five percent 
more real GDP growth through 2027. So they expect it to rebound this year and be between 4 and 5% for the next two or three years after this year. Very interesting article, and I really suggest that you pick it up and read it. Gives you a good, different perspective because this is not what everybody thinks. This is what they think because there's more of a consensus that uh, inflation is going to be sticky and be harder to get it down to you know under three percent. Anyways, that's what they're talking about. Now on Fridays, I generally take time to fit in a quick rundown on the key benchmarks numbers. So let's talk about them. Two-year Treasury yield at 4.499%. Okay? Last week is 4.5. Okay? 4.56. So interest rate for the two-year came down a little bit. And just so you know, you know, as you know, over a year ago, about a little more than a year ago, you know, it was at, you know, what, 1.8, uh, uh 75 weeks ago. Okay, so a year and a half, a year and a half ago, is 0.64% for a two-year treasury. Now, remember, it's 4.5% from 064 about a year and a half ago. Ten-year treasury, 3.69. So you still have an inverted yield curve, meaning the long-term pays less than the short-term. And 73 weeks ago, or about the same time that two-year was paying 0.64%, the 10-year was paying 1.76%, a normal yield curve, where the longer bond pays more than the shorter bond. Why is that important? Well, because every time we've ever had the inverted yield curve in history, and a recession has, has followed. I haven't seen it yet. Well, technically, we were in a recession last, last year, and two quarters in a row was shrinking GDP, but it was very minimal. So I guess you could argue that that did, but we still have the inverted yield curve. It hasn't turned around. Oil, $71.96 a barrel. Not too bad. Meaning, I'm not sure why the gasoline prices are still so high, but they are. Don't know why that is. They're still pretty high. Kind of resilient. We're headed into a break. Justin and I are happy to play your recorded voice bank questions, but we really love taking the live ones. So our number never changes and it never closes. It's Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication 
and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 Chart. Hi, Steve, Justin, Dave from Ohio. Hey, I really appreciate the broadcast. Calling about Prudential Financial P. Are you? I picked up a small position a couple days ago. Pays a nice dividend, 6.35%, billion market cap. Just get your opinion. If I should add to it, I'll be listening. Thanks. Okay, Prudential Financial uh, offers life insurance, annuities, mutual funds, retirement products in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. It is a $30 billion company. Big really big. They're going to make $12.12 this year after making $9.46 last year. That's a 28% increase. Next year, another 8% to $13.04. And it's an $83 stock. So, would that make it a 7 PE? Four, but maybe 6? Six, 6 PE? The five-year range is 3 to 11 so it's closer to the bottom of the range than is the top. And is it a good price? Heck yeah, it's a good price for this stock. It's a six pays six percent dividend yield. Uh, sales in the most recent quarter, uh, and that was a March quarter, by the way, for them, it rose eleven percent. But don't expect a lot of growth. You won't get it from these insurance companies. You're just not going to get a lot of growth. Okay, but I do think it's a good value. I really do. And man, you're getting six plus percent dividend yield while you hope it goes back to what was a high. High was like $127 when they made $11.69 in 2018. Now they're going to make $13.07 next year. You can see that it's at $83, it's underpriced. I think it's underpriced. I think it will go up. Now, does that mean, it, will it go down? Of course it can go down. You know, never, ever, ever take, when I say I think it's undervalued or overvalued, don't, don't take that as meaning that it's definitely going to go up or definitely going to go down because things can happen. I can only tell you that the proper valuation based on historical norms, and that's what I give you. Historically, this stock trades at a higher rate. It should be closer to about $100 a share. Or it should be in that range. Okay? <clears throat> to be fair value. That's Prudential. P-R-U, everybody. P-R-U. Now, the KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow morning. Uh, and now I have a preview for you. In the market conditions sections, we explained that stocks continued to rally Friday in the midst of a stronger-than-expected jobs report and a deal to avoid the first-ever U.S. default. The debt problem, the debt deal. This S&P 500 was up 1.5% halfway through the trading day and continued that to the close today. So 
Uh, so NASDAQ was poised to close at the highest point since spring of 2022. Overall, most sectors were higher, with telecommunications, biotech, and some semiconductor companies lagging in the overall market. The U.S. Senate on Thursday passed the deal negotiated by President Biden and Speaker McCarthy to raise the debt ceiling ahead of the June 5th deadline with overwhelming bipartisan support. This deal which spends, uh, suspends the debt limit until 2025. Did you ever notice they continue to do that? Every few years. They just, they don't, it, I don't even know why they have a debt ceiling. They always go over it and they always suspend it. Push it back, push it back, push it back. That's all they ever do. So, you know, why should you, why should you, us, we, anybody expect anything different? Okay. Friday saw a U.S. jobs report grow, number that grew analyst estimates out of the water, blew them out of the water. So the U.S. added 339,000 jobs in May, almost twice 195,000 estimate. So that leads me to believe, did you think the Fed, remember, they, they want an economic slowdown. That doesn't feel like an economic slowdown to me. Along with a strong number, figures from the previous two months were revised upward. Further down in the report were signs of a weakening labor market as the unemployment rate climbed to 3.7%, while wage growth cooled a little bit to 4.3% on an annualized basis. These latest economic figures further complicate the picture for the Fed, who will make a decision within the next two weeks on whether to continue to hike rates or pause and reassess data as the labor market tends to be the primary driver of inflation. Now remember, I just told you, I just read to you our talking point for this, for today, from uh, from Morningstar, and they feel the Fed is going to pause and is going to pivot downward by the end of the year. So that's interesting. Um, let's see what else. And there's a lot more commentary and detail in the newsletter, everybody. In the stock ideas section, we highlighted a company that designs, develops, and supplies a portfolio of power semiconductors targeting various applications. Examples included personal computers, flat panel TVs, LED lighting, smartphones, battery packs, consumer and industrial motor controls and power supplies for TVs. The company has demonstrated solid revenue growth over the years in, in indicating its ability to effectively navigate the competitive competitive semiconductor market. It is well positioned to capitalize on the increasing demand for energy efficient and high performance devices. We also looked at a supply of lumber to the manufacturing housing industry. Today, it is a multi-billion dollar holding company with subsidiaries around the globe that serve the market's, market's retail packaging and construction. The company currently has a return on assets of 16% with a very low 0.15 debt to equity rate ratio. The stock looks to be bouncing off a slight pullback. And of course, we name names in the newsletter and gives you the symbols. We tell you exactly who it is. And these are not buy recommendations. These are do more research recommendations. These are add to your watch list and decide, decide for yourself. Decide by do, doing your own analysis, everybody. Okay? So, so I've given you a little sample teaser of the latest KPP Premium Newsletter. Subscribers receive the full edition via email. 
each Saturday. And they also get the Portfolio and Consumer Watch sections, which we hardly ever talk about on the air. So you can learn more and subscribe anytime at investtalk.com, everybody. Okay? Okay, so Apple is come is going to have its annual Worldwide Developers Conference. And this is going to be on June 5th. June 5th. Why am I bringing this up? Because everybody is expecting a big announcement from Apple, a new product, finally, that everybody's been anticipating from Apple, and that's their virtual reality headset. Okay, and uh, alternate reality, virtual reality and alternate reality headset, which we think is going to be called Reality Pro. It's going to cost about $3,000, not cheap. And it's going to look like ski goggles. That's what we think. No one knows for sure. Well, there are people who know for sure, but we don't. they haven't released it yet. We don't know. And what are these things going to do? Well, it's going to, you put it on and you're going to see a screen in front of your face and it's going to be a virtual reality screen. You're going to, that's all you're going to be able to see. It will have its own power source that you kind of carry in your pocket. And you can sit there and be in a virtual reality reality, virtual reality space. Okay, uh, will this take off? Well, Google has these, if I remember right, and they haven't done that great with them. And it's going to be depending on the games they develop for it, the videos they'll develop for it, whatever whatever they develop for this, these goggles is what's going to be important. Thus, the Worldwide Developers Conference on June 5th is why they're going to bring it out. And I guarantee you, they already have a bunch of things already available to buy with it. But will it become a big thing? How how big of a how big you know how big of their of their business will this be eventually? Remember, this is a brand new product line from Apple, and Apple's been very good at bringing out new product lines and then developing them into major products for them, maybe major profit centers. Kind of fun to anticipate, don't you think? Okay, it is Friday, everybody. The weekend is almost here. So go, let's go ahead and pivot to another voice bank. You know, there's a number of them out there. So 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin and Steve. This is Nick from Seattle. Historically, in my portfolio, I've kept very little cash because historically, for the past you know 10-ish years I've been investing, the cash wasn't really returning much, and I either put it to work or you know held it for other purposes. But lately, I've been looking at holding different money market funds and having a more of a cash cushion in my portfolio. Something I'm looking at is this fund. It's the Schwab Value Advantage Money Fund Investor Shares. I bank with Schwab. I invest with Schwab. So this, this popped up as a money market fund. The ticker symbol, SWVXX. The questions I have, is this safe? Is this type of fund safe? Safe being, is it FDIC insured? Or you know, can the fund disappear and take the money? Or is there a, a different type of fund, you know, a, a different type of money market that you'd recommend? Thanks, guys. I appreciate you all uh, taking my call, and I enjoy listening for your feedback. 
Okay, just for your benefit and everybody else's, a money market fund, there's been no money market fund that ever, ever went out of business. Okay, and you lo- and the clients lost their money. That's never happened. Uh, money market f- funds sell at a dollar per share, just like cash. And it's a matter of what they invest in, how much money it makes or, or what. But it's never lost that dollar per share except for once in 2008 when I, one of the, the big company, I don't remember off the top of my head, I think their money market fund went to 97 cents instead of a dollar. So it's pretty darn safe, okay? But it is not FDIC insured, okay? Uh, I doubt seriously that it is. Money market funds, FDIC insurance is with banks, and Schwab is not a commercial bank. It's a you know, that it, it, and so therefore, I don't think there is any insurance to protect you. There is SIPC, SIPC uh, insurance. Uh, but I like money market funds at this point because I like the short-term U.S. Treasury money market funds out there because you're getting, you know, 4% on your money. Pretty darn good. And when interest rates start to go down, the net asset value will go up. Same with this one, I'm sure. And by the way, just so you know, uh, a money market fund usually has two X's as their symbol at the at the end, and therefore, and they're not, you know, there's no data that I can usually pull up, especially if it's a Schwab or a Goldman Sachs or a Morning Star, you know. Uh, funds they just don't have public information on that. I, you know, that on my data sh- uh, screens. Now I can look it up otherwise, but it takes too, way too much time. Okay, so no, I think it's pretty darn safe. I don't think you really have to worry about it. Okay, um, <clears throat> Justin and I, Justin Klein and I, uh, have been telling you for a while now that we are in a new market environment. Interest rates have been going up. Uh, cycles are a natural part of, of the stock market, economic life. It's just the way it works. And we probably will have a new cycle downward and not too distant future down the road. So, but we have been dealing with one of going and rising interest rates instead of falling interest rates. That's the new reality. Okay. So you have to just understand what times are, you're in. If we're getting close to the Fed being done, that means at the top of the rates that they've been raising, that means we're getting pretty close for the next move that would probably be down. That will be another massive change in the economic reality we're dealing with, okay? So these are changes you gotta, you got to work through, understand, and invest in. You just have to. And if you don't have... The time, the patience, or the understanding, that's what, that's what money market managers are for, us, and the people like us. So at KPP Financial, we operate with a little bit different philosophy than others, independent thinking, shared success, and we implement that by using unbiased guidance, but also we, what we call parallel investing, in which we buy and sell the same things for ourselves we do for our clients. We want to be on the same side of the table as you. Therefore, you know, we have, what, five programs going from very risky to hardly risky at all. So we got those five programs, and we try to f- figure out where you might fit in those programs. And we invest, I invest in each one of those programs. So we encourage you to send us your portfolio and let us do a free portfolio review. 
Uh, and we like to assess your risk tolerance, your your propensity to take risk, and we can do that with very very easily just talking to you. I think after about 10 minutes talking to us, you'll understand we're a little bit different because it's just a conversation. After we analyze your what you have, it's a conversation. We're not trying to push anything on you. We would love to manage your money. That's not We're not making a secret of that. But we don't have to, and we're not going to push it. So we'd love to take a look at your portfolio. So we like to want to, we want to help. We really do want to help you. We will help you. All you do is give us the opportunity to help you. Okay? This is the best talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now. 888-99 chart. Every Invest Talk podcast is made better by your questions. So don't forget to call. And if you've never called, Justin and Steve are waiting now for your finance and investment questions. Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. I'd like to give out the number just so you know you can dial it. Okay, let's talk to Bill in Northern California. He wants to talk about Packaging Corp of America. Hi, Bill. Yeah. Uh, hi, Steve. Good afternoon. Thank um, you. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Uh, it seemed like a few years ago you said that you own this one. I'm just wondering if you still own it in any of your accounts. Um, how you feel about it at the current price, and also to um, address their. Uh, I, I would buy it for the dividend if I did buy it at all. Um, okay. The dividend yield is good, but the payout ratio and their uh, the amount of debt that they have and mm-hmm. anything else that you see. Okay, uh, this is Packaging Corporate America, Corporation America at PKG, manufactures container board concrete. Corrugated packaging for the food and beverage and paper and agricultural markets. And no, we don't own this anymore. One of the reasons is this is a stock that's very cyclical. And I I really like this stock uh, as a signal as to what's going on in the overall economy. And they made $11.14 in 2022. And that's when it got up to $168 a share. The year before it was $156. That's its high. Okay, now it's $128. Because that, this year they're going to only make $8.32. Next year, only $8.36. So, you, you know, I, I felt, we felt that the economy was peaking and the, and the Federal Reserve was raising rates. And that's going to hurt the economy. And the economy is going to slow down. And that will hurt this stock. And we decided to exit because of that cycle. Okay. Now, it didn't really go, it didn't really act very bad. I mean, it did not go down very fast. I mean, it went from 160 all the way down to about 115 or so. Okay. Um, Now it's at 128. It got up to about 140 and has now come back off. This might, if, if Morningstar is correct, okay, Morningstar, which I gave you today as the talking main talking point here, uh, they expect economic growth to weaken until the Fed pivots, but they expect the Fed to pivot by the end of the year. This might be a good time to get back in the stock, you know, because the economy could start picking up again. So far, you know, it's n- not showing us signs that it that it is, but 
This company will work much better in stronger economic environments. Last two quarters, sales have shrunk in 3 and 7%. Before that, they were growing in the teens. Now, and remember, everybody looks forward, right? So that's why the stock fell this last year, because everybody's looking forward to the sales shrinking this year, and which they already have. So now, remember, we're looking forward again, looking forward. Maybe that's as much as they're going to shrink, because they didn't shrink that much. So, Bill, I hope I answered your question there. I don't know. Maybe I carried away and didn't answer your question. <laughs> Did I answer your question? Uh, maintain this. Would they be able to maintain this dividend rate, you think, even if their oh, yeah. earnings... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Okay. Uh, I, I really do. That, that's about half their about fifty fifty percent payout. Anything under sixty percent payout, meaning payout ratio, everybody is what I'm talking about. Their dividend is uh, almost what four percent. It's a hundred twenty eight dollars stock. So we're talking about uh, what five four five dollars four five dollars in dividend. They're going to make eight dollars and thirty two cents. So. That's doable. It's very doable. I don't think that's a problem. Cash flow is $16.71. It's huge. So, yeah, I, I think the dividend is perfectly safe. Yes. Bill, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. PKG is that stock, everybody. PKG. Dollar dominance is under attack. Well, it's been under attack for a while. Um, and there's a perfectly valid reasons for it. Look, look at how much debt we have. The more debt we have, the, the more worried other countries get about our ability to pay, not necessarily pay off the debt, but at least pay the interest rate on the debt. Anyways, but also com- countries don't want to be dependent on the dollar, and the, 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 the most cited reasons why they don't is because the U.S. foreign policy has been such that, they're, that we're using the dollar as a political leverage, a political tool to make other countries do what we want them to do. China has made a deal with Brazil to use their current their their currencies, not the dollar, as a trading vehicle. So has Malaysia and India using their currencies as opposed to dollar. If I was them, I'd probably do the same thing. Probably would. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, everybody. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your download anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes if that's where you get your downloads. Remember to follow us, too, on Invest Talk on social media. Invest Talk, two T's, Invest Talk, no space. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line 
at 888-99-CHART. 